All right, let's uh, dive in here. Genesis 24. And this morning, I want to talk to you about being in the way, being in the way. Now, to make sure that I got all my Star Wars fans here on point with us, this is subtitled, This is the Way. Walk ye in it. Okay. Not, not too many. Uh, the Star Wars fans are still asleep, I think, on that. So, this is the way. I, I, what I needed was a baby Yoda up here on my shoulder, then everybody got everybody's attention. All right, Genesis 24, verse number one. Now, what we're going to do today, um, I think this is going to be backwards, which normally you like start laying out the principle and then you look at the Bible illustration of that principle, right? I don't think we're going to do that today. I think what we're going to do is we're going to start with the end. We'll see how that goes. And if I need to cut it off short, we'll do that. But then we're going to go back and look at the principle. So we're going to start with the illustration. That's what Genesis 24 is today. All right, so verse number one, the Bible says, And Abraham was old and well stricken in age, and the Lord had blessed Abraham in all things. And said unto his eldest servant of his house that ruled over all that he had, Put, I pray thee. He's old, okay. Put, I pray thee, thy hand under my thigh. And I will make thee swear by the Lord, the God of heaven and the God of earth. Now, some of the adults are like, why are you reading it like that? Because there are teenagers in here, okay? They're teenagers. And I will make thee swear by the Lord, the God of heaven and the God of earth, that thou shalt not take a wife unto my son of the daughters of the Canaanites among whom I dwell. But thou shalt go unto my country and unto my kindred and take a wife unto my son Isaac. You say, was he southern? I don't know. Maybe it's in southern Judah at that time. And the servant said unto him, Peradventure, the woman will not be willing to follow me into this land. <laughs> okay. All right. Enough silliness. Peradventure, the woman will not be willing to follow me unto this land. Must I needs bring thy son again unto the land from whence thou camest? Abraham said unto him, Beware thou that thou bring not my son thither again. The Lord God of heaven, which took me from my father's house, from the land of my kindred, and which spake unto me, and that swear unto me, saying, Unto thy seed will I give this land. He shall send his angel before thee, and thou shalt take a wife unto my son from thence. And if the woman will not be willing to follow thee, then thou shalt be clear from this my oath. Only bring not my son thither again. So you got hither and thither in the Bible, right? Hither's like come hither. Thither's like go yonder, okay? So he says, don't, don't take him back there. Verse 9, And the servant put his hand under the thigh of Abraham his master and swear to him concerning that matter. And the servant took 10 camels of the camels of his master and departed. So let me ask you this, because I'll forget to ask it later. Whose camels did he take? What's that? His master's. Are these his camels? He's supposed to go do whatever he wants to with them? No, he's a steward, right? So he takes his camels of his master, for all the goods of his master were in his hand. And he arose and went to Mesopotamia under the city of Nahor, and he made his camels to kneel down without the city by a well of water at the time of the evening, even the time that women go out to draw water. And he said, O Lord God of my master Abraham, I pray thee, send me good speed this day and show kindness unto my master Abraham. Now that's a really cool prayer, right? As a, you see the love that he has for his master. And he's just saying, God, it's basically help me to prosper in this. Verse 13, behold, I stand here by the well of water and the daughters of the men of the city come out to draw water. Let it come to pass that the damsel to whom I shall say, let down thy pitcher, I pray thee that I may drink. And she shall say, drink, and I'll give thy camels drink also. Let the same be she that I have appointed for thy servant Isaac. 
Who's doing the appointing? God. All right, we might have to start over. We got we got to participate today. I'm used to I'm used to little kids. I'm used to the participation. So, okay. So God, right? God did the appointing, and then He says, "And it came to pass before He had done speaking." This is so beautiful. Check this out. Before he had done speaking, that behold, Rebekah came out, who was born to Bethuel, son of Milcah, the wife of Nahor, Abraham's brother, and her pitcher up on her shoulder. And the damsel was very fair to look upon, a virgin, neither had any man known her, and she went down to the well and filled her pitcher and came up. Now, when she came out, notice what it says in the text. The servant go, oh, great, that's Rebekah, who was born to Bethuel, Milcah, the wife of Nahor. Is that what was going through the servant's mind? Did he know who she was? Who's the one giving all the detail in the story? It's the Holy Spirit of God, right? And what I think is fascinating is this guy's just praying. He's on his end of it. He can't see how God's about to answer this. And God says, you know, I've got this special person. I know what family they're from. I know how long she's been alive. I know how many hairs are on her head. I know that all of these things about her. Why? Because God has got a detail. He created her. He loves her. And the Bible says, and the damsel was very fair to look upon. And all the young men said, Oh, we are starting over. No. <laughs> and the damsel was very fair to look upon. That means she was very beautiful. And all the young men said, oh boy. All right. <laughs> We're going to try this one more time, guys. And just no matter what I say in the next three seconds, you just say amen. Okay. Okay. So the very damsel was very fair to look upon. And the young men said, amen. Okay. And I know there are people out there. It's not all about looks. I know, but it helps. Okay. Um, <laughs> And the damsel was very fair to look upon, a virgin, neither had she know, any man known her. And she went down to the well and filled her pitcher and came up. And the servant ran to meet her and said, let me, I pray thee, drink a little water of thy pitcher. And she said, drink, my Lord. And she hasted and let down her pitcher upon her hand and gave him drink. And when she had done giving him drink, she said, I will draw water for thy camels also until they have done drinking. And about that time for the servant, right? You hear ding, 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 ding. You know, confetti's going off. We have a winner. You know, that's basically what's going on for him. Verse number 20. And she hasted and emptied her pitcher into the trough and ran again into the well to draw water and drew for all his camels. And the man, and I love this Bible word, wondering at her. It's like when you and I, when God actually answers your prayer, and it's like in a way that you knew in your, you, you told people, yeah, I'm praying about this, but you kind of knew the intricacies of how you were praying about that in your heart. And God brings it to pass with the intricacies and the details plugged in. And you're like, no, 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 whoa, oh, oh no, hold up. Nobody knows that, but God, it's like that kind of prayer. Where, where it makes you wonder. Why? Because we have a wonderful God. And so the servant's going, no, you got to be crazy. Oh, man. I, like, Because seriously, as the servant, how detailed did he get? He was like some of you administrators. He had his little list. Uh, God, let it be that uh, not only would I ask and that she'd give me camels, but uh, let, her also ask, uh, let her also water all the other camels. You know, he was kind of doing this test. And God says, okay, you come up with a test for me. I can pass it. And he wonders at the whole situation. So he's wondering at her. And the Bible says in verse number, where do we leave off? Uh, somebody help me. What, which one? 21. Sorry. Okay, 21. And the man wondering at her held his peace to wit. I love that word. He's got a witty person 
they think they know a lot, right? To wit, he's wanting to know whether the Lord had made his journey prosperous or not. You know, he didn't care about himself being prosperous. He wanted God to bless and make that a prosperous journey. Verse 22, and it came to pass, as the camels had done drinking, that the man took a golden earring of half a shekel of weight, two bracelets uh, for her hands and ten shekels of weight of gold, and said, whose daughter art thou? Tell me, I pray thee, is there room in thy father's house for us to lodge in? And again, see how in verse 23, he, he has no idea who she is. And yet God knows perfectly her lineage. He knows who she is. He knows her character. And verse 24 says, And she said unto him, I am the daughter of Bethuel, the son of Milcah, which she bare unto Nahor. She said moreover unto him, We have both straw and provender enough from room to lodge in. And the man bowed down his head and worshipped the Lord. And he said, Blessed be the Lord God of my master Abraham, who hath not left destitute my master of his... If you were in Sunday school, here's the dynamic duo, mercy and truth. And then he says, I being in the way, the Lord led me to the house of my master's brethren. And the damsel ran and told them of her mother's house these things. And then skip down to verse 45. So what happens is uh, the servant comes to her family and he begins to recount for them all that he prayed about, all that transpired. And uh, verse number 45, he tells them about her prayer that, hey, I, I prayed and asked God that he would bring me across this woman that would water uh, not only myself, but the camels. And he's like, Rebecca came out and she uh, watered, gave me water, gave the camels water. And he's recounting all that to him. And in verse number 48, he says, And I bowed down my head and worshiped the Lord and blessed the Lord God of my master Abraham, which had led me in the wrong way to take my master's brother's daughter unto his son. Is that what the Bible says? Was the word there? The right way. The right way. So from this, and this is what I want us to hear this morning, um, that... Here's the, so we're, again, we're starting with the illustration. The illustration is, as you look through the Bible, you know how God commanded servants, right? To obey them that, that are, have the rule over them, to obey their masters, not with eye service as men pleasers, but from the heart. And so we know, and you learn in discipleship through that employer employee relationship that when you're at work, you ought to work hard and do your job and, uh, not create, you know, friction and fuss and gossip and all that in the workplace. You ought to, you know, do your job and do it well because they're going to pay you for that, you know? And so here with this servant, you have a servant that's under his master's authority. He's a steward for his master's stuff and a steward to go out and get his uh, master's son a wife. And he tells his, you know, and again, he tells Abraham, what if this woman, what if I can't get anybody to come? You know, I show them the picture and they go, ew, and they don't just don't want to come. They don't want to follow. But they say, I, I'm not going to willing to follow. And he says, then you're clear of this sign oath, but do not take my son back there. Okay. That was a direct command. And so what did the servant do? He just obeyed and went out and he asked God to meet this need. And let me ask you, did, and then let's back it up a generation. Did God make a promise to Abraham to bless him and his seed after him? Yes. So somewhere along the line, God's going to do something to bring about Abraham's generations, right? And so God's made promises and the servant goes out and asks God for this blessing and God blesses in the commentary that the Holy Spirit puts for us, giving us the heart and the mind of this servant is in verse 27. He says, I being in the way, the Lord led me to my master's brethren. Now, if five miles into the journey, he had gone some other place other than over there in the Mesopotamia back in and said, oh, well, what about, you know, this people group and had gone up somewhere else? 
and violated what his master asked him to do, do you think that God would have made his way prosperous? Well, no. And so he stayed in the way. God used that to lead him and to guide him. So what are, what are some of the blessings that came about because of the servant's obedience? Well, in verse, uh, letter A, uh, number one, we have, uh, there was a great blessing in the way. And what we're going to talk about today is, you know, we know that there are things that God says are his will. Um, it's not his will that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. God wants every man, woman, boy and girl, black, white, red, purple, what, God doesn't care. God wants you to come to a place where you realize that you're a sinner, your sin has separated you from him, but that he's provided a remedy for that. And the only remedy for that is Jesus Christ. Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. There is none other name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved. Getting saved, you know, God is going to give you a choice, but there are drastic consequences to you rejecting his way of salvation. And so, uh, God, that's God's will that none should perish, but that all should come to repentance. God wants you to trust Christ as your Savior. Uh, the Bible says um, uh, that the will of God is that uh, that in everything give thanks, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. The Bible talks about flee fornication, and every other sin that a man does is without the body, but he that committeth fornication sinneth against his own body. And so there are different things that are directives from God that are, this is directly my will. Now, on the flip side of that, God doesn't necessarily write in his word like, uh, you know, Doug Schmidtmeyer, I want you to work for X number of years at Honda. You know, God may not necessarily write that. He may not write that in the sky for you, probably not, you know, but there are there are principles that he can use to bring into his life to say, you know, what does God want me to do with this career, with this job? So we understand that. In this illustration, because the servant obeyed God, there was great blessing in that way. So verse 27, um, he sees and he, he lifts up to God and he says, God, this is so cool because Abraham... Abraham experienced God's mercy and truth because this servant was obedient. Abraham ends up getting a bride, a, a daughter-in-law, and uh, which helps fulfill God's promise to make of Abraham a great nation. So Abraham experiences blessing because his servant follows the Lord. Letter B, God was worshipped and glorified, and the servant experienced God's masterful leading. So in the text, you see where the servant... He doesn't go around saying, oh, man, this is so cool. I picked a good one. I picked a good one. No, what does he say? He bows on his face before God and says, God, this is so cool what you've done. And he worships the Lord. And um, he was able to say, I being in the way, the Lord led me. He experienced God leading in that situation. And then think of all the people that were impacted by the servant's obedience. Abraham, Isaac. You think Isaac was happy? He, when he saw her, man, he's like, all right, about time to see that, you know, they, she pulls back the veil and they, they meet and it's just so neat. But Isaac, you think Isaac was blessed through that? Absolutely. And then think of, uh, Rebecca's family, you know, and, and all the blessing that came to her through that. And lest we think our decisions only affect us, because, you know, there are people in the world that they think it only affects them. But Romans 14, 7 says, For none of us liveth to himself, no man dieth to himself. For whether we live, we live unto the Lord. Whether we die, we die unto the Lord. Whether we live, therefore, or die, we are the Lord's. So can I say, your decisions, dear, there, sitting at home, your decisions impact not only you, but everyone else around you. You have a sphere of influence that God's given you, and uh, we ought to influence them in the right way. So being in the way, he experienced great blessing. 
there's also a fervent prayer to being in the way. And let's go through some of these psalms. I, I gave them to you for sake of time so we don't have to turn to them, but you can read these along with me. I'm going to have you underline some key words, though, on your handout. Look at this fervent prayer. Look at the psalmist. He says in Psalm 25, verses 4 through 5, Show me thy ways, O Lord. Teach me thy paths. Lead me in thy truth and teach me. For thou art the God of my salvation. On thee do I wait all the day. So I want you to underline a couple words. Underline show, teach, lead, teach. Show, teach, lead, teach. And today... This would be a fantastic prayer. And some of you, this is the way that you pray. You ask God for wisdom and direction. And like the psalmist, he's saying, okay, God, you have all these ways. You have ways of mercy and truth and forgiveness and grace and righteousness and holiness. God, teach me those ways. I want to be in that way. Uh, teach me thy paths. Lead me in thy truth and teach me. For thou art the God of my salvation. On thee do I wait all the day. Letter B, Psalm 86, verse 11 says, teach me thy way, O Lord. I will walk in thy truth. Unite my heart to fear thy name. I want you to underline teach and unite. Teach and unite. There he asks God, God, teach me your ways. Teach me your ways. And not only that, unite my heart to fear thy name. Let me, let me say it this way. This morning, God does not want your heart to be in disunity, disunity with this book, with what he says. And if you are reading through there and you see things in your life that don't line up with the way that God has said it or what God has said or ways that you think about the world or you see life or you see or you raise your family or ways that you just uh, look at all of it, God wants you to take that thinking and line it up, unite it with what he has said. And we talked some about that in Sunday school, about writing God's words on our hearts and not just hearing it but really agreeing with what it says and making that part of our, our lives. So uh, teach and unite there. And then Psalm 143, verse 8 says, Cause me to hear thy loving kindness in the morning, for in thee do I trust. Cause me to know the way wherein I should walk, for I lift up my soul unto thee. And I think that's just such a, just the word I think of for it is it's precious. That is an awesome heart to have. And I hope that you young people have that heart where you're just like, God, man, I don't know everything. And uh, I'm just, I just pray, God, that you would cause me to know the way where I should walk here. Because I, I don't have it all figured out. So there's fervent prayer to be in the way. And, and let me ask you, did the servant, what kind of prayer did he pray? He was like, God, just please bless my master Abraham. Make this way prosperous. You see, so he had prayer in that way as well. Then let's go to Proverbs chapter 4. Actually, I've got it here for you. So there's also divine promise in the way. This is so cool. When we pray stuff like that, when we pray and ask God to give us guidance, you know what he has told us and promised us that he will do? He will guide us. He will direct us. Look at this. In Proverbs 4, verse 11, I have taught thee in the way of wisdom. I have, let me ask you this. What's the opposite of wisdom in the Bible? The Bible word for opposite of wisdom. Foolish, foolish. Let's go back and go back in your mind to Genesis 24 real quick. The servant said, he led me in the wrong way. He led me in the foolish way. He led me in a way that would hurt me. No, God does not do that. And ultimately, this is what the message is about this morning. God wants you to be in his way and he's going to lead you and guide you and direct you. And that is the most incredible way you could ever be in. 
he's not leading you in a way that's wrong or hurtful or uh, would, would not bring glory to himself. When God leads you and guides you and directs you based on his character and his holiness, it will be right, it will be pure, it will be for your good and his glory. That's our God. He is a God of mercy and truth and I thank his name that he doesn't leave us destitute of that. We have a book that we can go to and we have divine promises where God says, I have taught thee in the way of wisdom. And here's what happens. The opposite of wisdom is foolishness. And when you have a foolish life, uh, it just, it just people, it just doesn't bring God the glory that it should. I will say on the flip side of it, though, if you live foolishly and you have certain consequences, God has laid those consequences out. And the way that you will bring him glory is he's going to be able to uh, say, yeah, I told you this was going to happen in your life. I told you this would happen if you went this way. So either way, he ends up getting the glory. But I'd much rather be on the right side of that thing, experiencing the blessing of God than experiencing foolishness and consequences from that. So his way are paths of wisdom. I have led thee in right paths. Man, we need to trust God. Just trust him. He will not lead you wrong. Uh, Take fast hold of instruction. Let her not go. Keep her for she is thy life. And then let her be Psalm 32, 8. I will instruct thee and teach thee in the way which thou shalt go. Does it stop there? No, all my grammarians. What is our punctuation mark? It's colon, right? Double period. And so it's strong enough to stop, put on the brakes, but then there's a thought that is so closely connected. And I had had a really cool opportunity. I got to listen to Brother Knox here for the conference. Man, that was good, wasn't it? And, you know, he explained some of those punctuation marks. And um, uh, I've had to learn better, you know, what those things mean. And, And it's just this thought is so closely connected with what came before it. I will guide thee with mine eye. Now, any dude that has ever shot a bow and arrow, a rifle, a pistol... A bazooka, all right? If you've ever had that opportunity. It's funny, man. we got some military people in here. You probably have. you like launching drones and stuff, you know, nowadays. I don't know about you, but I love calling in air support. Pulling that trigger, you know, right bumper stick. And what do you do? And in modern video games now, you know, you guide it with your eye. Boom! Blows up, right? Any guy out there on the range, what are you going to do? You're going to line up your sight picture, right? Sight, picture, sight alignment. Get your rear sight lined up with your front sight. Guide it with your eye. And bam! <laughs> Just got to make sure these guys are awake down here. <laughs> got to do. And what's so funny, man, and I, I think, you, you know, up here in Ohio, you know, I know these you guys get jazzed about doing, like, coyote hunting. Um, any coyote hunters in here? You shot, in coy- shot coyote? All right, that kind of thing. Because um, I know they're a nuisance up here. Down in Texas, they hog hunt. Dude, they'll hog hunt with knives. I'm just saying, that's legit. <laughs> right there. You go out there with a hog. Does your does he, he? Yeah, he does, doesn't he? That's awesome. It's so great to have you guys with us this morning. Um, I'm serious. I see a picture of these guys down there with a hog and a knife. And I'm like, is that, he shot it and then he, you know, no. They just catch it and take care of business. I'm like, whoa. Guide that knife with their eye, right? God says, you, I know right where you are. I'm going to guide you with my eye. How does he do that? He does that through his word, through godly people that are lined up with his word, and through ordering our circumstances. So God does that, guides us with our eye. 
divine promise, God has promised to lead you in the way. Are you willing to follow? Then number four, there's timely confirmation in the way. There's timely confirmation in the way. Look at um, Isaiah 30, 21. Isaiah 30, 21. And um, I was reading something on the way, on the, on the plane here. I, I found something in a commentary, and I took a photo of it, and I was kind of reading it through it on the plane out here. And this part of the message to me was such a blessing. And so I hope that this uh, is a help and an encouragement to you. Isaiah 30, and I said verse 21, but let's start in verse 19 to kind of get the context. So the Bible says, um, you know, let's go to verse 18. And therefore will the Lord wait that he may be gracious unto you. Now, let's just stop. Okay. Um, In discipleship and because of the pastor that you have here that loves God's word and teaches you the word, I just want to encourage you, if you're not studying your Bible uh, yet, or maybe you're just kind of new here and you haven't been able to go through some of the how to study the Bible stuff, there is so much in here. This is not just an old archaic book full of a bunch of stories of old dudes that were trying to have, you know, fight some religious war so they could sit, you know, as that's not what it's about. And so even in that passage, as you read these things, don't blow past it. And therefore will the Lord wait. I'm just telling you, if I'm the president of the United States, I'm not waiting for nobody. I'm not waiting for I'm like, come on, get it, man. Get the Keurig here. Right. Get my car here. Get my plane here. Right? If you have power and authority, who do you wait on? Excuse me? And I'm telling you, the Lord, the creator of the ends of the earth says, I'll wait. So let's tie that back. Second Peter. The Lord is not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. He is long. If you've heard Brother Dave McCracken, long suffering. I'm telling you uh, the way Pastor Mark Trotter, and, and I was like, man, I loved reading his Facebook post. Pastor Mark Trotter was such an amazing man, and, and I know influenced uh, this church with discipleship. And just the way those guys read the Bible, and, you know, uh, and Pastor Mark Trotter would say, God could just flick us off the face of the earth if he wanted to. And he would be completely right and holy in doing that, and he has the power and the means to do it. God could today, if he wanted to, could dissolve all my particles. He made them. And here we read, God says, the Lord shall wait that he may be what? Gracious unto you. You know why God doesn't flick us off the face of the earth? Because he is a gracious God. And so when you're reading the Bible, just kind of watch the words that God uses about himself. And you'll learn so much about who God is. And therefore, will he be exalted? Uh, Is he worthy of that? Boy, it was awesome hearing the ladies sing about that this morning. That he may have mercy upon you for the, whoa, the Lord is a God of judgment. Now, can I tell you, this is not the modern day Christianity God. This is the biblical God that says, I will wait. I will be gracious and merciful. But understand, son, I'm a God of judgment. And there is coming a day. 
in which the heavens will be parted as a scroll. And you guys have studied it. You've heard it preached. But man, I hope you never lose the wonder and awe of realizing that we are not waiting for signs of his coming. We're waiting for the blessed hope and the return of Jesus Christ. Because right now, he is uh, day after day and moment after moment being a God of mercy and grace and shaking up a nation saying, listen, I will bring you to your knees. I will shut you in your homes with COVID-19. I will do whatever I need to, to bring you to myself. And you know what people do? They get freaked out of their minds and they respond improperly. And instead of running to a God of grace and judgment, they try to figure out their own way. They try to figure out their own way of going about things. And God says, listen, you got to turn to me. You got to turn to me. I'm a God of judgment, but I'm so glad that that same God of judgment saying, I'm willing to lead you. I'm willing to guide you. We have an amazing God. So here you have a God of judgment. Um, We left off in verse number 20. Uh, And the Lord, uh, look at verse 19. For the Lord, for the people shall dwell in Zion at Jerusalem. Thou shalt weep no more. He will be, let me ask, let me back up a second. Because I just said, God said, we'll send us COVID-19. Is that, you know, that's like, I want to be very clear here. Because I know there are people when planes flew into the World Trade Towers in September 11, 2001, they're going, that's the judgment of God. You know, I'm just saying God allows certain things. Does he want that to happen? Not necessarily. But even in disrupting our country, you know what God wants people to do is turn to him. And so so that's my point with that. Let's be very clear. Verse number 20, the Lord will give you the bread of adversity, the water of affliction. You shall not yet, shall not thy teachers be removed into a corner anymore, but thine eyes shall see thy teachers and thine ears shall hear a word behind thee saying, this is the way, walk ye in it when you turn to the right hand and when you turn to the left. So what's God's promise to his people here in the future? When they get out of the way, they're going to hear a word behind them saying, this is the way. Walk in it. And can I tell you, after reading these verses about how God will lead us and guide us, guys, you know, if you've been saved any length of time, when you start to get out of the way or you set your heart to go a certain direction, the psalmist said it this way. He talked about wandering. If I wander from thy precepts, don't let me wander. And we sing the song prone to wander, Lord, I feel it. Can I tell you, I know if you're, if you are saved, you have the Holy Spirit of God in you. And if you begin to wander, God will deal with you. God will call out to you and help guide you back into the way. And sometimes, and this is on your handout here, sometimes God gives us a word of correction and information in case of error. Sometimes God gives us a word of correction and information in case of error. So you start to get out of the way and God corrects you. Um, how many of you have seen the little sheep thing floating around on the interwebs, right? The little sheep that got stuck in the crack and the guy pulls them out. And what is it? That ten, not 10 seconds later, literally the sheep goes and jumps back into the ditch. How many of you have seen that? How many of you have not seen that? You got to see that. Because I'm sitting there going, what is that sheep doing? And then I remembered Isaiah 53. All you like sheep have gone astray. My sheep hear my voice. I know them. They follow me at John 10. I'm going, oh, I get it now, Lord. Uh, 
<laughs> you know, it's like God going, yeah, I called you a sheep for a reason. I get you out of stuff and you go. <laughs> he said, I didn't know sheep jumped like that. Yeah, I didn't know either. I don't know that they do. Those are Texas sheep. Um, I know that was a bad joke. Bring it back. All right. Sometimes. Uh, can I, I? Chloe. I'm just saying she loves dad jokes. That rejoices my heart. It's like, knock, knock. Who's there? Boo. Boo-hoo. You don't have to cry about it. That's good. That was a good one. All right. I was at a school. All right. So did you hear about that? Since we've lost you anyway, no, did you hear about the teacher, the middle school teacher? She, this is when you know you work around middle schoolers, okay, when you hear jokes like this. But did you hear that about the middle school teacher? She was afraid to pass gas in public. She was a private tutor. <laughs> All right, enough, sorry. So, <laughs> Jeff. <laughs> well, it's, it's, it was great seeing you guys, and um, <laughs> we'll see you at, when we see Jesus come. It's like, never get asked back. Um, never get asked to come back here. All right, I'll find out. Sometimes God gives us a word of correction and information, but she loves dad jokes, and that rejoices my heart. So um, sometimes God gives us a word of correction. Let me back up. Kate, so Kate sees Chloe tell the jokes, and Kate's for it. And so I'm like, uh, so one of them was like, uh, why did the chicken cross the road, you know, to get the other side? Why did the chicken cross the playground? To get to the other slide, you know, we'll tell some of the, okay, we digress. But then Kate will be like, why did the tiger cross the road? To get to the chair that had the turtle. <laughs> and she thinks it's funny. I just laugh. And then, and uh, I was uh, FaceTiming with him last night. I was in the car with Justin. And she said like four or five in a row, didn't she? And she just pumping them out. So, Kate, my little, she's going to be my little skit person. And then, uh, and I know that you're not here this morning, but uh, how about the little Simerson bros thing? That's pretty cool video editing. They're doing their stop animation. If you haven't seen that, but Simon and Anderson, uh, that's neat to see those guys just with that creativity. Uh, but timely confirmation of the way. Sometimes God gives us a word of correction and information in case of error. Sometimes God gives us a word of instruction and direction in case of ignorance, in case of ignorance. Listen, there is nothing wrong in the Christian life with just saying, God, I, li- I have no idea what to do. I have no idea what's going on. No, listen, you may not want to say that for your spouse. You know, you know, I'm not saying you have to go confess to them. But, but when it comes to God, just say, God, I... And what I love, Romans 8, right? That his spirit beareth witness with our spirit. And now, this isn't Romans 8, but... Um, and, and we know that uh, the infirmities, somebody help me get it started. Romans eight twenty eight. we know that all things work together for good to them that love God, to them are called according to his purpose. But the verse before that says that his spirit, um, oh boy, mind blank there. I just got to read it. That his spirit beareth our, uh, our infirmities. Romans 8, I need to etch this one on my heart. That's what we talked about this morning. Appreciate your patience this morning. Romans 8, verse 26. Likewise, the Spirit also helpeth our infirmities, 
For we know not what we should pray for as we ought, but the Spirit itself maketh intercession for us with groanings which cannot be uttered. And sometimes that's where you find yourself in life. And God hears those groanings. So sometimes you're asking God and he gives you a word of instruction, direction, in case of ignorance. But then if this is where you are today, man, I hope this is a help. Sometimes God gives us a word of strengthening and confirmation in case of unsettledness. And boy, that's what we've gone through the last year, hasn't it? Some of you, COVID-19, it disrupted your job situation. It disrupted, uh, guarantee it disrupted your home situation in the sense that now family, everybody's together, all right? And it's disrupted so many things. And maybe you became unsettled and said, man, what are we going to do with our finances? You know, maybe you over leveraged something on a house or a car and you're going, you know, what do we do? And yet you can go to God with those things and bring them and let him guide you through it and, and rely on his promises that he will strengthen and confirm you in those cases of unsettledness. And I don't know about you, but what, what uh, COVID-19 did for me, when you look at God's plan for the local church, it's masterful. And down through the ages, God has always had little pockets of people that stick to his word, that are believers, that follow the ordinances of believers' baptism and the Lord's Supper, showing his death till he come. And governments cannot shut that down. They're trying to in China right now, and they can't shut it all down. And I just love it that if they had shut us more down in America, they, God, Jesus Christ said the gates of hell will not prevail against his church. He'll make sure there's a remnant. And I don't know about you, like, I, I don't want to die. I don't want to be locked down. And, I'm, and praise God. Do you guys realize how blessed we are right now to be able to meet here? And you look at other countries. I've got friends on the foreign field that, man, you know, they'll meet for a little bit. And then the country just, uh, Europe, man, they just keep shutting it down. And they're dealing with that. But those guys still are able to meet and try and train and disciple. And why? Because God has a masterful plan that you cannot shut down. You won't shut it down. So I was strengthened in that this last year in cases of unsettledness. And then um, let's go here. How, so we're talking about being in the way. And how do I know that I can confirm like this is the way God wants me to go? Look at We're here in Isaiah. Look at Isaiah 8. And we are almost done. Isaiah verse, Isaiah chapter eight, verse 18. So God speaking here to Israel, let's put that in context. Behold, I and the children whom the Lord hath given me are for signs and wonders in Israel from the Lord of hosts, which dwelleth in Mount Zion. And when they shall say to you, seek unto them that have familiar spirits and unto wizards that peep. I'll tell you, the Bible's not boring. That's hilarious. It reminds me of those little marshmallow things that you get at Easter time that you put in the microwave. It's like, what are those good for? Nothing but to put in the microwave and watch them explode, right? They peeps, the little peeps. These little wizards. And can I tell you it today, these false prophets, these, you know, false prophets of the world that they are, they're just wizards that peep. That's not going to last. This book will last. It's lasted thousands of years. He said, when they're saying that and doing all that and that mutter, should not a people seek unto their God for the living to the dead, to the law and to the testimony, if they speak not according to this word, 
it is because there is no light in them. And there's another passage where he says, just line up on line, precept upon precept. So how do I know that this is God's way? I've got to get in these words and find that out. That's an Old Testament reference. Let me leave you with two New Testament references. First John 4, 1, that's on your handout. Beloved, believe not every spirit, but try the spirits whether they are of God, because many false prophets are gone out into the world. So you just, you have to try what men say that stand in pulpit or have any kind of platform, whether it's a social media platform or a podcast platform, you have to filter what they say through the word. Try the spirits. And we know in Christianity today, there's kind of a, don't be judgmental, don't be discerning. No, God wants, the Bible says, he that is spiritual judgeth all things. And so you got to run this, what people say through uh, the filter of God's word. And then Look at this. I beseech you, therefore, brethren, Romans 12, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. Be not conformed to this world, but be you transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may prove what is that lame, bad, horrible will of God. Is that, are those the words that are used? What are the words used? Good, acceptable, and perfect. God's will for your life is always good, acceptable, and perfect. And the only way to understand that way is to have our minds renewed and to present our bodies a living sacrifice. So by conclusion, this is my question for you. In Proverbs 4.23, God says, my son, give me thine heart and let thine eyes observe my ways. So this morning, will you give God your heart? Out of it are the issues of life. That's why God tells you to keep it. And then he says, give it to me and let thine eyes observe my ways. So are you asking God to lead you? And then are you obeying what, obeying what you already know to be true? Um, and then are you in the way of error this morning? You need correcting. Do you need to know, come to know Christ as your Savior? We have a ton of people in here that would love to take a Bible and show you how you can be 100% sure that if you were to die today that you would spend eternity with God forever. Are you in ignorance? Are you just in need of direction? Or are you unsettled? Is there something in your life? And maybe it's not even COVID-19 stuff. It's just, you know, maybe something financially or uh, something in your family situation that are you unsettled in need of strength? God can give you strength and confirm things for you in his word. And I love this hymn. When we walk with the Lord in the light of his word, what a glory he sheds on our way. While we do his good will, he abides with us still and with all who will trust and obey. Trust and obey. But there's no other way to be happy in Jesus but to trust and obey. And to go back to our illustration, we kind of started with the end, right? You think about that servant. He trusted God, he trusted his master, and he just obeyed. He didn't try and start getting some kind of scheming along the way and go up some other place. Or he didn't, you know, pack uh, Isaac in the back of the wagon when they were going back. No, he, he just did what his master asked him to. And God blessed that. So then he was able to say, I being in the way... The Lord led me. And many of you, the last two years in your life, you've been in the way. You've been plugged in serving God. And God's helped you navigate what this world's been going through. He's helped you do that. Well, continue to trust him. Because no matter what the future holds, you be in the way, God will continue to lead you and guide you. Just trust and obey. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for your word this morning. And I just... uh, Pray, God, that those in here would be strengthened and encouraged. And if there is someone that does not know you as their Savior, that they would, um, before you, see their need for a Savior.